Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Comics Collective, the weekly podcast where we read and discuss a collection of comic books or a graphic novel and recommend the 10 comics you should be picking up this new comic book day. I'm your host, Alice. I'm Alexis. And I'm Skippy. Oh wait, sorry, I'm Anne. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Oh. Oh, yo, speaking of Skippy, there... I don't remember which comic book creator it was. They went over to Skippy's house. I'm not going to clarify who Skippy is for anybody. <laughs> they went over to Skippy's house and they were like, there wasn't a single thing that wasn't a comic book or an action movie anywhere. <laughs> They're like, I don't think Skippy's read a real book in his entire life. I believe it. I completely Facts. believe it. And I was like, I'm not one to gatekeep, but I'll gatekeep that behavior. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh, Skippy, God bless you. God Unblock bless. me, please. I want to talk. Skippy and his screwdriver feet. And that's the only hint I'm going to give people about <laughs> Skippy. Uh, today's episode, we are coming at you 15 minutes into this call, having talked about <laughs> already developing inside jokes. And we are here to talk about Midnighter, baby. Ooh. You, the people, voted. You retweeted things, and what you wanted us to talk about, God bless your soul, was not the wicked and the divine, <laughs> but was Midnighter by Steve Orlando, which was so fun and so cool. Um, what did we, what do we think about Midnighter? Do we think they had us read a good book? I, did, I was very pleased. I liked it. I just, I want to shout out that we haven't done a Batman episode yet. Good. What are you talking about? We just we're doing it right now. Yeah, for Batman Day, we're doing a Midnighter episode. <laughs> it counts. It counts. Because we like our Batman gay mm-hmm. AF and satirical AF. This was actually my first Steve Orlando book I've ever read. Really? Yeah. He's been on my like you should check out this creator list mm-hmm. for a thousand years, and I've just never gotten to it. And the man's can write a good superhero yeah. book. I'm so excited, and we got to make sure um, you got to make sure you check up the follow-up to this, which is the Midnight Apollo series, which came out during the Rebirth era. Just as good, perfect, good, good stuff. He clearly has a love for these characters that really yeah. comes mm-hmm. through. Oh yeah, it's whenever Steve Orlando gets to get his hands on any LGBTQ characters, you know you're going to be in for a good time because he loves them very very much. So it's also just fun to have like a gay man write gay men. Exactly. I also realized reading this, I was like, oh, okay. I've read a lot of straight men that have the best intentions writing gay men, and it is not the same mm-hmm. as this gay man nope. writing a gay man. Okay. It's, it's almost like when you get um, creators who are like the characters on the page, they tell those stories better. It's it's surprising. It's like they almost understand what they're talking about. I just, mm, it's crazy. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, <laughs> the the white straight man does contain the, every story humanity's ever had. Yeah, you know? of course. Like, it's the collective. It's like the white lantern of humankind. It's everything yeah, exactly. together. Oh. The, yeah, that's why the it's white. white. Oh, that's white. why it's the white lantern, silly <laughs> Ann. Because the white straight male is the best equipped to tell every story ever. Jesus, so much Oh, yeah, we're off to a good start. Good Welcome. Start. Any any new listeners? Mansplained the podcast. Bless you. Bless you. 
Please, please get out of here. It doesn't get better. <laughs> Escape while you still can. Come back for the saga episode. That's it. Bye. Yeah, come back <laughs> next week for the saga episode. This is going to be a chaotic one. Oh, that's next week. I got to get caught up again. <laughs> did you finish the whole thing? I did, but that was like four weeks ago. So now I have to refresh myself. I'm not smart. I'm just impulsive. <laughs> <laughs> Much, like like Alana. Much like Alana. Much like Alana. Okay. Uh... All right. You you made a tweet about reading this series the other day that I'm still thinking about where you said this series makes the punchy part of my brain happy. It does. <laughs> it does because all right, so here's the thing. I am not immune to liking violence in <laughs> movies and <laughs> video games and comics, right? right. I overall I'm not a very violent guy. I you'd have to push me pretty hard to get any sort of reaction out of me that way. Um, True. I believe most there's, of our lives. Word. There is something to be said about like violence in media that scratches an itch for me. And <laughs> a lot of the time, to get that, you have to sign up for a lot of other weirdo shit. You know what I mean? Like, I love yeah. A Song of Ice and Fire. Mm-hmm. I do not always love the weirdo s- stuff that goes on in that show, right? And I on, I also don't love that it's super over the top. I mm-hmm. like superheroes, but it, I don't often like characters like the Punisher or I know hot take here. I wasn't a huge fan of Zack Snyder's take on the Batman. <gasps> Gasp. <gasps> we just got canceled. Good job. And so then kind of <laughs> yeah, word. Uh, kind of like you've said, Anne, where you're like, when I say that I don't want women to be objectified, it's not that I want them to be nuns. I just mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That's kind of how yeah. I feel about action and violence. When I say I don't want yes. Batman to come in with an AR-15 blowing up people's heads on screen, that doesn't mean that I don't think it's cool every once in a while to have someone go ape shit. You know what I mean? And the Midnighter does that. Midnighter, like, there's just like this bone-crunching quality to what he's doing that I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, this is cool. I like this. But I think Steve Orlando doesn't get icky or weird or torture porn with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I think it has a lot to do with just execution and tone because, you know, violence is something that's (laughs) in real life. It's really terrible. And so when you have it in fiction, it's it's being depicted like it is in real life, but it's being put out there like, hey, look at how cool this is. Look at how awesome this is. It's a little off-putting, but when you have it executed like it is in this book where it's like, it's overly gratuitous, but it feels like it's tongue-in-cheek. The book understands that, and the book's like, yes, that's the point. This is ridiculous. We're here for it. I like the gag that goes with the whole thing where he just kills Multiplex over and over again. And Multiplex is like, you realize you'll never kill all of us. He says, that's why you're my favorite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also, I think Steve Orlando really gets the authority and that they are mm-hmm. a satirical piece. I think yeah. some people that interact with the authority are like, hell yeah. This is the tough Justice League. And it's like, you did not get the book. Mm-hmm. They are the satirical version of what you think is cool. Like, this is making fun of you. This book is making fun of you. And they're like, no, it rules. And so there I was, knee deep in Midnight of this week, going, it rules. <laughs> it, and it, yeah, it does. But it makes you think about it a little bit more than just like... Mm-hmm. A lot of like I the Marvel Max series, I know a lot of people like it. It's so much harder for me to get into it because they're so graphic. 
but it's depicted so gruesomely that it doesn't make me go like, yeah, it makes me go, okay, I need a minute. I need to go mm-hmm. and take a drink and come back to this later, like five years later. I'm not mature enough for this yet. I'm not ready for this, this story. But this is like an adrenaline ride, especially I love the art in this series, the way the action and the violence is depicted in like the little squares all over the place, the panels they are sideways or crooked and the little like Mortal Kombat x-ray panels. It's just, it's like, okay, this is over the top. It's violent, but we know that we're going to have fun with it. We're going to do this in a way that makes you, you know, (laughs) that's not going to gross you out, but makes you understand like, this is a over the top character. This is an extreme character and it's okay to enjoy that. 100%. Well, being a product of 1998, he is totally extreme, right? (laughs) Flavor-blasted Midnighter. Oh, my God. I... All right, so... Baby history lesson for anybody that doesn't know about Midnighter. I realize he's not the most well-known character ever, right? Like, if you know him, you're never going to forget him. But if you don't know him, you probably don't know him. Mm Mm-hmm. That was a stupid thing to say, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> if you don't know him, you probably don't know him. That is the kind of faux intellectualism you come to the Comics Knowledge Collective for. Knowledge 101 with Dallas. So, Alexis, had you read anything with Midnighter in it before this? I haven't. So I oh. was going to say, I, I honestly had no idea who this was. So I enjoyed it very much. It was very fun. All right. So Midnighter and Apollo were characters in... They were roommates. roommates. <laughs> very, very good friends. Um, they were characters from Jim Lee's Wildstorm universe, created by Image Comics in the mid-90s, which Image, what's interesting now, when you look at Image, it's a series of just mostly sci-fi, but some fantasy books. There's not really any cohesion or connection between them. But... Originally, Image was created to be a rival to DC or Marvel with these big expansive Mm -hmm. universes. And so, in Jim Lee's Wildstorm universe, there was a superhero team called The Authority that was certainly an homage to the Justice League. And they were the totally extreme, cool versions of them, right? They were updated for the coming millennia. And... In 1999, Warren Ellis and Brian Hitch came together to create the culmination of the Wildstorm universe. And with the book, 12-issue series, The Authority, that was then continued by Mark Millar and Frank Quitely. But basically, The Authority was what if the Justice League had some teeth but then also like a big critique of that. Like these heroes are scary and terrifying and authoritarian, and you're supposed to ask some questions about that. And the book was really popular. And the two major breakout characters from The Authority were Midnighter and Apollo, who were the Batman stand-in and the Superman stand-in. And following Ellis's work, when Mark Millar came on the book, the gay subtext that was in authority became just text and they got married and it was really nice and so (laughs) basically midnighter is he's gay batman 
that is allowed mm-hmm. to kill people. Mm-hmm. And that that's the elevator pitch. And I think there's something so special about, I tweeted this earlier, but I want to say it on here, about creating the incels dream for what Batman could be, right? Oh, it's like, oh, he kills people. He's angry. He's violent. He's got a grin while he does it, relishes it. And then they said, yeah, and he's gay. And the insults are like, no! Like, you could have everything you want if you're not a homophobe. And they're like, reddit.com found shaking in corner. It's fun. It's good. So, yeah, we read the... Like we said, the Steve Orlando series about the character, it is right at the tail end of the New 52, if I'm correct. Yeah, it was during the DCU era where Superman was depowered and everyone had these really weird looking costumes because they were trying to mix things up a little bit. It was, it's a interesting time. <laughs> Greg Pak did a great Superman run right there at the end, but very little was good at this point in the New 52. I keep hearing that. I need to check it out. And I'm on I'm on my Superman high right now, so maybe this is where I'll finally get around to it. If you don't have time to read the whole run, you should just read Superman Truth. It's like a four-issue arc. Mm-hmm. You get to see Superman beat up cops and protect... Yes. And protect people in the slummy parts of Metropolis. That's It's where that, very um, cool. That really famous panel of him holding the chains is from, right? Correct. Yeah. It is a very good story. We're not talking about that today, but we could talk about that today. That is a very good <laughs> book. we should later. It's a good it's one. It's own episode. <laughs> but, Lexi, what did you think of Midnighter? I thought it was kind of fun. I feel like I was very emotionally invested in his love life, a little bit more than I probably should have been. I was like, come on. Come on. Just let him win. Oh, he just got stabbed. Oh, damn it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so like, what? oh, he just got stabbed. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I was like, oh, the poor man. I just, just wanted let, to find love. Yeah, just let him be safe and warm. <laughs> <laughs> warm. But no, it was, I, I kind of feel like for me, because yes, we have that. Um, Sorry. That was a very dramatic door opening by Carson. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that. Um, but no, for me, like, I really loved, with, like, that much violence, we get, like, this almost opposite look of him, like, trying to be a loving, significant other to someone. Like, he really, really wants to have that in his life. And I feel like they, for me, that's what makes the violence better. Like, easier to swallow because I'm like I know that his personality he's not as crazy and sadistic as some of the things that he's doing but I don't know I kind of felt like it was cool to see both sides of him trying to figure himself out it's fully wild that this is the most emotionally grounded Batman book I've read in a very long time (laughs) you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. Midnighter is eviscerating bad guys and somehow this is the one that I'm like, oh, it's going to hit me in the feels. I just need to find love. Just, you know? I'm like, I just need to go home to Apollo. And I need to make up. Andrew. And go back, back to Andrew. <laughs> Meanwhile, Batman's like, bat, 
Cat. Bat. Cat. I s- Time to go beat up the Joker. I love that you just perfectly quoted a random page of Tom King's Batman. And yeah. No yeah. Which issue, but I guarantee you it's out there. I that was the Bane's in the city. Bat. Cat. Bat. Cat. That'll be $4, please. No kidding. I got- I just... Between that, and I love just doting on a character who's going around blood smattered all over his face, the gleeful smile. He's enjoying his... This is a job he likes. He's having fun. No qualms with his his job. And then you're like, I need to protect him. He needs to be safe. (laughs) I want to grab him by his little mohawk and send him on a nice date. <laughs> okay, that's the one bad thing about him. I don't like the mohawk. Oh, looks like Dallas want... is hard in high school. It made me want to get it. Yeah, I did have a similar hairstyle to that in high school. No. When he had it reverse like... perm. It wasn't quite that thin on top, but yeah, I, I had a pretty. I was an F boy in high school. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. God bless. Sexual F boy. We've all had struggles. <laughs> it's his dark moment right there. It's his origin story. My dark horse. I'm Katie Perry. Um, I just like this book and I like these characters. I like that. I think my the most quintessential like midnighter moment in all of this for me was when he comes into the room with Multiplex the first time. Yeah. And it's like. I just found out when my, what day is my birthday? It's and I was like, oh, baby, oh, baby. <laughs> oh, seeing him reappear was, the villains in this were really great. I liked seeing um, Prometheus. That was oh. my big one because I'm such a fan of the, the Grant Morrison JLA stuff. So seeing him pop up mm-hmm. and that twist, that was really cool. I really enjoyed that. That made me so happy. I also like, it shows that Steve Orlando knows his shit. Because, like, Prometheus is an homage of Midnighter in JLA. They were coming out at the exact same time, like, character with a chip that helps him fight. So that was a very fun, knowing nod from Steve Orlando to the comics fans. And, yeah, I can't sing Steve Orlando's praises enough. This guy gets superheroes. You need to check out some of his other stuff. He does some really great stuff. I, yeah, I need to. I've always been like, oh, I bet he's good, but I haven't gotten around to it. And this made me very much want to get around to it. See, I actually, the last time we did like our weekly recommendations, I recommended Commanders in Crisis. I still recommend Commanders in Crisis. I think it's really great. All right. All right. I think I'll look into it. With all of my extra time on my hands, I'll take another <laughs> thing onto my plate. No kidding. Okay. What if did you know? We... Oh, oh, go no, for it. You... No, you. I don't have I, I was going to say, I've also heard really good things about his Martian Manhunter series, which was coming out from about the same time as this. So that's with um, him and Riley Rosmo. I think that's yes. how I say it. That's, that's a series we should probably check out. Probably. Because I hear that's an underrated gem. I looked at Comixology. It has a five-star rating. Oh. All right. Yeah. We'll probably look into that. <laughs> oh, okay. If you say so. All right. Fine. I'll type it into the podcast ideas tab. I... I exist to give you work. I was actually going to say, because um, I'm in my Superman mood, I'm like, can we do some Superman, please? I could use yes. some Superman. I'm so down to do some I Superman. I am down. The last time we did it, I had a really fun time, so I'm down. Wait, what'd you do last time for Superman? With Eric Azana, we did Superman Birthright, 
uh, Superman Smashes the Clan, and All Star Superman. Oh, beautiful! It was fun. Uh, I like it. Was a, it was a good one. Was. Superman is so good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's crazy that they just got it right the first time. You know, very first superhero, they made the best one. <laughs> I, I still can't believe. Um, have you read any of Superman and the Authority yet? All of it so far. Yeah. I just can't yeah. believe. I'm picturing Superman watching anything that happens in this book and trying not to imagine him like gasping and like one hand over his mouth, like, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Please. What is this? I love in Superman in the Authority the idea of Apollo being a big Superman fan, or like that in this cool. that he had the little Superman mug. I, uh, <laughs> I was like, I love it. I love it Just, very much. Very aware, very aware of who you are, and I appreciate it. Yes, I was like, my sweet behaloed boy, go and. Do thou likewise. Go be more like Superman. Stop killing what, things. What did you guys think of their relationship? I thought it was a really honest take on like self-destructive tendencies. Mm-hmm. Sort of like Midnighter deciding to pull the plug, regardless of how Apollo felt about the situation, because right. of his self-loathing. I mm-hmm. thought that was a really interesting way to kickstart the series. It's just heartbreaking when he's like, he just starts walking away and Apollo's like, where are you going? He's like, I know how this fight ends. Oh, oh no. I was like, ah! oh, it tore my heart out. Stop it. And it was just like, I have such a thing against, because <laughs> it happens so much. I'm still reliving my Sarah Angela trauma where the big two just break up the most wholesome LGBT characters because <laughs> they're like, these aren't around enough. We need drama. So just split them apart. <laughs> And one, like, gets the spotlight, and the other one just kind of gets hidden. So I was kind of afraid, like, when the, I started reading the series that they, they were breaking up, I was afraid, it's like, oh, Apollo's just going to get buried. I'm very terrified of what this is going to be. But no, it actually plays into the story in a very wholesome way towards the end, like, the issue where he calls him for help. It's just mm-hmm. like, these are my coordinates. Please hurry up. <laughs> I'm about to die. <laughs> that was, and Apollo's there and catches him. And that's just, like, that's the most romantic shit <laughs> her and i appreciated that even after their fights apollo is still like i'm right here i'm here for you right now when you need me and i thought that was great i love it honestly i know midnighter is definitely like the breakout of the breakouts from the Mm -hmm. authority but like apollo is such a slept on character there is the coolest moment in the authority um i should preface this warren ellis is a piece of shit all right (laughs) we're just gonna throw that out there Mm -hmm. shitty person disclaimer (laughs) Um, the Authority is an incredibly influential comic book. Yep. It was like the preeminent comic book of 1999-2000. Really sucks that someone that wrote something that was so influential and helped so many people utilized that cachet to be such a shitty person. Yep. It's not okay. We do not approve of Warren Ellis' behavior. Um, in The Authority, there is this phenomenal moment where their base exists in like slip space, basically. And much just like Superman, Apollo gets his powers from the sun. And so through the whole series at this point though, all they've been doing has been fighting at night and hanging out at the base. And so without realizing it right before their big fight, Apollo doesn't have enough charge to fight. He hasn't been in the sun. So there's this like iconic moment where they just drop him out of slip space, like up at the top of the atmosphere. They're like, all right, hope you absorb enough sunlight to not splatter like a little grape at the bottom. <laughs> and so he's just like falling through the sky. It's like everyone else is doing their mission. And you're kind of like, 
is it going to work? Of course it's going to work. It's a comic book, but like, (laughs) is it going to work? And he like, right before the water, he like starts to fly again and then goes off and saves the day. And you're just like, oh yeah. Ah, good show, good show, good show. And so I like the idea of Apollo being there to catch Midnighter, you know, to be like the sort of deus ex machina character because like he's got his shit together. Yeah. (laughs) It's just, it's nice. Get your shit together, kids. You can be a deus ex machina when you grow up. <laughs> exactly. If you work through your trauma, you can be the deus ex machina in your partner's life. There it is. That's why we go to therapy, kids. <laughs> <laughs> I I really like it. I like going back a little bit to Superman and the Authority. I know that isn't what we what our thing was, but what our thing was. It's the current Grant Morrison book, and it's about this. So, it's Alexis just left the chat. She heard <laughs> no, the name of Grant Morrison, and she dipped. I saw your tweet about Grant Morrison the other day. That is it. If we just don't tell Alexis about this, then she won't know. <laughs> I read all of her tweets. Damn it! I just don't like them. <laughs> I have I your think, notifications on. I think you would actually really like Grant's current stuff because basically, they decided to stop being up their own ass a little bit. And they were like, yeah. And they'll say this about themselves. They're like, I used to feel like I had to show everyone how smart I was in my books. And now I just write smart books that are very fun. And if you want to dig into them, it's there. But if you just want to have fun, it's there. Mm-hmm. And I think All-Star Superman is was a really big turning point of that. It's like All-Star Superman is a very smart book that has a lot to say. But if you don't want to like take mushrooms and go on a space ride with Grant Morrison... You can also just read an incredibly fun Superman book, you know? And Klaus is supposed to be like that way. We'll get there in December. Yeah. Say, honestly, Lex, if there were Grant Morrison books that you would like, Klaus is definitely one of them because it's very, it's just straightforward. It's just Mm -hmm. a really cool Santa Claus origin story, which is such a fun phrase to say. And Superman the Authority, you read it, you understand what's happening. It's nothing too bizarre. So, yet, at least, we have one more issue. There's still time for them to go full morrison ruin it she says love that (laughs) do not read green lantern though green lanterns green lantern is definitely like look how smart i am i'm very smart (laughs) yeah and they are they are very smart they are very smart um the secret to a grant morrison book everyone i tweeted this but is you got to figure out which character is superman which character is grant morrison and which character is the nuclear bomb all right. That's the whole story every single time. I want you to walk me through. I want to I'm going to pull up a list of all of Grant Morrison's books. And I want you to walk me through this. I want you to tell me who each one of those three is. All right. So in Superman and the Authority, Superman okay. is Superman. Damn, I thought <gasps> I never guessed. But also, but also it is Grant Morrison now. It is Grant Morrison as an adult ready to leave superhero comics looking back. Manchester Black is Grant Morrison from the 1990s and when they were friends with Mark Millar. (laughs) And the nuclear bomb is the cynicism of the authority comic books. And it's basically Grant Morrison saying to Grant Morrison, you're a bit of a piece of shit, you know? (laughs) And Grant Morrison from the 90s being like, hmm, I like being cynical and kind of a douche. And Superman being like, nope, we're better than that now. Come along. Cynicism is not cool. 
let's move on. Let's move forward. And let's let the kids take care of everything, because we are 55 now, and they're doing a pretty good job. And that is a very cool comic book. Okay, okay. I, I, I dig it. I like it. I like that the series isn't even done yet, and we're already taking it apart. This is the <sighs> way. <laughs> it's like it's like a Tom King book. You just have to figure out who the depressed white guy is. <laughs> Damn. And then everything out. else falls together. You gotta figure out who the depressed white guy is and what Afghanistan is. Oh. And then you get Lawrence of Arabia in space. Shout out to Strange Adventures. <laughs> Whew. Whew. Oh. Tom King. I really like Mr. Miracle. <laughs> Shout out to a king. I don't want to give my controversial Tom King takes because I actually really like Tom King. Don't tell anyone <laughs> I said that. I I like Tom King as a full series. I gave up on reading Tom King singles forever ago. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to pay four bucks for Bat Cat, Bat Cat, Bat Cat for 20 pages. But I will pay 20 bucks for a hundred pages of Bat Cat, Bat Cat, Bat Cat. <laughs> it's like, can I interest you in a Supergirl? Because I guarantee it's not like that. I am very excited. I'm gonna get it once all eight issues are out. Okay, I'm pick it up. fine, fine, fair, fair. That's that's fair. Just I'm a Tom King hard co- hardcover collector. And the secret is read all the shitty stuff Twitter tells you to hate, but just read it in secret. That's the whole thing. <laughs> that's it. I don't tell anyone how many times I've read Identity Crisis. Exactly. I don't do it. You keep it to yourself. Every time everyone gets on and says, Final Crisis is gibberish and I hate it, I read it again to myself at home and say, I'll tell no one how much I like you, my sweet. I just imagine, despite reading Final Crisis, one tear dripping down your face, you're like, I like this book. I this like is this a good book. book. <laughs> just angry me, like, you don't know. <laughs> It's like, I was raised in the new 52. I was forged by bad comic books. Oh, I can take anything. I was like, don't tell me about bad comic books. I didn't have a good Superman comic book until this year. Don't talk to me about bad comics. I read Voodoo number one. Leave me alone. (laughs) I read Tony Daniels Detective Comics number one. I saw the Joker cut his face off. What was up with that? What what it was, was so bad? It was so not interesting. And so like, who is this for? Where is this going? What is happening? And they had to have a whole event where Joker stapled his face back on to be like, sorry, we don't know what the hell that was all about. <laughs> We're going to I get rid of that. Love how well preserved we need to talk about this in the Batman episode when we eventually do it. We need to talk about how long that face stayed as well preserved as it was because it should not have looked that good in death of the family and then, it's the it's a universe where people can fly and i can't, that's the most unbelievable thing is that his face still looked like a face <laughs> it should be rotten meat <laughs> exactly that thing stinks oh my god <laughs> maybe that's the fun part and that's, maybe that's why joker likes it it's, it's the funny part his Stinky. face is society as you see so. <laughs> Oh, boy. Boy, howdy. I'm going to make the worst tweet when we get done with this. (laughs) I love it. Just write one in the chamber. I would love to drop Midnighter off in Gotham for one night to just... They're dead. Suss suss out some bullcrap. Arkham Asylum is now Arkham Morgue. 
That's Arkham Arkham Icebox. Just like let him kill the. I don't want Batman to kill the Joker. I don't want Batman to cross his line. I like that Batman has his line. Let Midnighter, let Midnighter come in and get rid of that damn clown, so I never have to look at him again. Yeah, it's it's like the scene from um, Batman Begins where he's like, I'm not gonna say I am. It's like I'm not gonna kill you, but I don't have to save you either. It's like Midnighter just comes to Gotham and Batman just crosses his arms, like I I don't have to save you, but I'm not gonna uh, kill you. Man, I, I wonder what's going on in these neighborhoods of Gotham tonight. <laughs> oh, just yeah, because like. He won't let Jason do it because he cares about Jason. He doesn't give a shit about Midnighter. Just let Midnighter exactly. do what he wants. Midnighter exactly. can't got him in a day. And then Mid- no more Bat comics because there's no one left. So I think this Perfect. is a win for everyone. All right. So here's my pitch. We are going to take either the the Batman from All-Star Batman and Robin mm-hmm. by Frank Miller. That Batman, you know, that makes Robin eat rats. So yep. we're going to put him in Wayne Family Adventures as okay. the Batman. Mm-hmm. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Perfect. Perfect comic right there. Perfect. And we're going to take Midnighter and we're going to put him in the ongoing uh, James Tynan fear state. And uh, mm-hmm. he's going to be the fear state. Basically. Awesome. Ghost, Ghostmaker's <laughs> like, hey, you want to? And he's like, I F Superman. I don't have time for you. Pushes him out of the way. <laughs> oh, geez. Pushes him off a building. Get out of my way. There oh it is. God. Dallas, Give Dallas Taylor the reins to the bat office. <laughs> and then Batman and Damien can go and just vibe around the world. And they can go fight bad guys in, in the desert like the Denny O'Neill stories. You know, I, I read the series again and I just realized I need to check out the other Midnight Run because there's one I still haven't read yet. Did you read that one, the, the solo series I before not. this? No, nope. just this one. Gosh. Yeah, drop the ball, Dallas. Uh, sorry. <laughs> so much. You're the one who's supposed to read everything. <laughs> uh, I had to I read some been, Fantastic Four. I haven't been reading the backups that have been coming out lately either. They're not good. Really? Yeah. I don't under, like it. But my hot take is I'm not a fan of the art. I feel bad. I always feel bad saying that because it's always like stylized art. It's always for someone, and I hate it when it's not for me. Yeah. See. I get so grumpy when people are like, I don't really like Frank Quitely. I'm like, would you like to be eviscerated on Twitter.com today? <laughs> and then I come in here like, I don't really like this artwork. So. Lexi, don't tell anyone that's me. <laughs> don't tell anyone. <gasps> oh, I don't. His eyeballs no, don't. Okay, look, it's like, it's like this, okay? Um, Madam. I was hoping you'd back out by now. <laughs> what? <laughs> It works sometimes. Can I can I tell you about the story? The first time I read All Star Superman, I didn't remember a lot because I just kept staring at their lips. I just, I just kept staring at everyone's lips. This is the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, you don't like the oatmeal people? Leave me alone. I can't. I can't do this right now. Quit. Be nice to her. quit. I get it. My hot take was it took me a very long time to appreciate Jack Kirby comics. When I was when I first started, I was like, the king of comics. Look at how fat these fingers are. <laughs> this is weird. I don't like it. That and makes sense, too. Now I have come completely the other way where I'm like, I pray at the feet of Jack Kirby. Look at these compositions. Look at these panel layouts. 
what a king. Wow, it's amazing. And back then I was like, Jim Lee is the greatest comic artist of all time. And now I'm like, wonder where oh, Batman is under all this crosshatching. Hmm. Yeah, I remember when I was new. I remember reading New 52 Justice League. All style, no substance, baby. Just oh. like this podcast. <laughs> the, we should have an entire episode just talking about different artists and being as nice as possible in case any of them listen. So I would hate sorry. for them to log on and be like, oh, oh, okay. See that? uh, that's my whole life's work, but thank you. That's like my entire, it's like I hate talking about art because I don't want someone to think I'm being mean to them. I'll be like, mean to a writer, though. Targeted. <laughs> I'll be mean to a writer if they're an asshole. That's it. Word. And Steve Orlando is not an asshole. Steve Orlando is a sweetheart. I don't know him personally, but I know he's a sweetheart just from the way he writes. I love him. What were our favorite scenes from Midnighter? Oh, I got really sad when Midnighter framed that picture of him when he was little and left it for Andrew. That made me very sad. I was like, please stop. Please delete that. Get rid of it. <laughs> Undo <laughs> I actually, I really liked when Prometheus wanted to set him up and like, I'm going to give you an un, an impossible choice. You can have your past back, but you have to let me live or you can kill me and yeah. your past will be destroyed. And I love how easy it was for Midnighter because we've seen him working on himself the yeah. whole series to be like, yeah. it doesn't matter. I like who like, I am right hey, now. Bye-bye. I'm not chasing. And that felt like such a different character than what we got right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I agree. And Whoa. yeah, like we talk so much about comic books where superheroes go to therapy and have character arcs. And like, I would argue this is one of the best I've ever seen where like there was believable growth in a character. And I felt like he was better coming out the other end of the story yeah. than he was going into it. Say, I know DC's doing a lot of things right now where a lot of their series are getting announced off the bat as like limited runs or miniseries. And I think, like, as much as it sucks, it's like, oh, in like six months, I'm gonna have to petition for yet another Aqu- another Jackson Hyde Aquaman series. It's good because it's like, at least I know the writer has time to plan out and execute an entire character arc in that time. And I yeah. feel like a lot of comics don't get that because they either expect the comic to go on further or they go past where they expected to go and they just kind of have to freeball it from then. And this is one of the books which, like, I don't know if Steve Orlando just knew it's like, okay, I got about 12 issues here and that's it. So he planned it out perfectly. Or because we know like that Prometheus scene happens six issues in. I wonder if like he's like, plan for this. And if you get further than that, great, but plan for this. And I think the ending there. If it ended right there, I would have been okay with it. There would have been stuff I wanted to see, but I would have been okay with that. For sure. I Here's my hot comic take. I I don't remember the last time I read like a big ongoing that I liked as much as a 12 issue like complete story. You know, like there are big ongoings I love, but like from the last 10 years, I don't know. Hmm. It's very curious. I, I think it's definitely a different style of storytelling because I think with a lot of the ongoings, you get more style over substance mm-hmm. because they have to keep pulling people in. They have to keep throwing flashy things out. They have to doing keep doing crazy twists like, hey, come check this out. We're bringing back um, Sin's past. Come check out what that's about, you know? Meanwhile, <laughs> short, smaller runs don't have to do that. They're like, 
okay, I'm not trying to like break <laughs> record numbers here. I'm not trying to make sure this book is still here next month. So I think it has more free, creative freedom that way. And I think, I honestly, I think it's the difference between a Dan Slott run on Amazing Spider-Man and a Chip Zdarsky Spectacular Spider-Man, mm-hmm. where one of them is a short contained thing that gets to be good the whole time. And I would argue there's more good than bad in Dan Slott's Spider-Man run. Mm-hmm. But like, I can't deny that there are some duds in there, you know? But like, if I was writing mm-hmm. Spider-Man for 10 straight years, I would write some duds, you know? <laughs> There's no way you're going to be bangers all the time. Exactly. They're not all gems. They would never always be gems. But some of them are superior Spider-Man, and superior Spider-Man forgiveth many sins. (laughs) I will check that out someday. I need to. Man, you are just ruining his life today. This this is awful. I feel so bad. I'm just happy I get to introduce you to another all-time great. We got to read Saga together. We're going to get to read Superior Spider-Man together. It's beautiful. You're not. No. Alexis, it's good. It's okay, Lexi. It's Doc Ock. That doesn't count as a Spider-Man comic. We're fine. It's also not from 1960, so you'll be okay. It's older than me. I don't want it. It's from 2010. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. It's not older than me. Okay, we can work with it. I feel like that's my... 10 years old. I feel bad. I feel like that's my take with comics too. Even, but even comics that are as old as me, like comics from the nineties, I'm still like, no, that's, that's too much. I'm okay. I'm okay with my modern contemporary stuff for now. See, for me, you've got from the sixties through the end of the eighties, and then you've got 2010 till now. And then there's, there's just a nice little fallow period there in the middle where I'm reading more 2000 stuff. And I'm like, wow, these stories are great. And there's another nipple. All right. Okay. Where are these women's internal organs? I'm reading New Avengers right now. And I'm like, wow, this is good. I like this. Oh, shit. Jessica Drew's naked again. All right. Well, there's her whole ass on a page. Sorry, everyone on the train. At least you're not reading the Teen Titans from that time, because I swear to God, every woman on the team, every teenager, by the way, is wearing a thong. And it is very obvious, because they make it very obvious. The 2000s were not great. I don't care what anyone says, the 2000s were not great. Not good. Not good. At least in the 90s, you've got all the Vertigo stuff, you know? Like, superheroes might have sucked, but, like, Preacher is good. Yeah, and Sandman, which we'll get to. Sandman, we will get there. I'm starting that October 1st, everyone. Ah, Gasp, and then you have to quit comics. And then I have to quit comics, and then the podcast is over. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I made the rules myself. Okay, before we do anything else, my favorite scene. I'm thinking, because I really like the fight scenes in this, and I really like creative uses of powers and creative fight scenes. I... It feels so bad because it's so early on, but I love the girl who's the the woman who's running around with that thing on her, and she kills people with sound. Yes. I thought that was that was really cool. That was really creative, and how Midnighter beats her by punching out his own eardrums. That that was intense, and I really appreciate that. But even more so, we get a really interesting look at who Midnighter is as a character when afterwards, instead of you know taking her down. He takes everyone else down and says, like, okay, here's how this is going to work. You're all scumbags. That's why she came and kicked your ass. So you're going to seek the minimal You're going to seek the minimal sentence. You're going to send all these payouts. You're going to tell everyone what you did. That's my bargain. So I really like that 
even though he's the superhero, he's like asking questions. He's like, I understand why she did this. I'm not yeah. really mad at her. I thought that was cool. Uh, yeah, I I feel like Midnighter is one of the best, like, tough on the outside, jello on the inside characters. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Where I like when the reporter was with them and was like, I don't always agree with Midnighter's, like, how he goes about it, but I cannot question that Midnighter is a good person, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm a sucker for that trope. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, I think Midnighter is a very fun character that I wish more people looked into and liked. There's obviously a pull towards, like, people like hardcore versions of superheroes. You know, like, The Boys is massive. Invincible is massive. Um, I, I think started watching that. Invincible? Oh, my gosh. I did. What did you think? What did you think? I finally got Carson to watch it with me. <laughs> we are two episodes in, and it is very good. What did you think of the Omni-Man reveal? Did it come out of left field for you? No. You expected it? I saw some memes about it, so I feel like Mm. it's kind of spoiled, but that's okay. (laughs) Ah, shame. I know, it's it's rough. It is good. I would love to read some Invincible before season two comes out, but that's a ways away. I'm down. We got time. Unless we're quitting comics (laughs) in November, (laughs) because it's my birthday, so it's a gift. Yeah, happy birthday, Alexis. We quit comics. <laughs> Close my account down tomorrow. <laughs> no, Yo. not you, just him. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, take Dallas instead. Yes. <laughs> Alexis would push me to the wolves, for sure. <laughs> just to Susan. Susan the cat. Yeah, it's you two and Susan the cat doing podcasting. Yep. No, big news for Dallas Taylor. I am going to really try to read more digital comics. I have run out of room for omnibuses in my house. I knew it was coming. I knew it was going to happen. You and your disposable it's income. It's finally caught up to you. I know. It's naughty. It's flipping. I'm out of room. Uh, yesterday, my wife was like, we got to have it come to Jesus, sir. And I was like... <laughs> Okay. She okay. was like, I love you very much. You've been doing a good job not buying too many comics, which is true. I used to be worse than this. And she was like, but where am I supposed to put my coats this winter? And I was like, you aren't wrong, ma'am. You aren't wrong, madam. And so... You're going to need them. Anybody listening to this, I'm selling a good amount of comics over on Twitter. It's been going nice for me. Come and reach out. I've got good stuff. But... Yeah, I'm gonna. Ch- I, my first big experiment is reading all of Sandman through DC Infinite because it's on there, and that's <laughs> right. It didn't used to be. I'm pretty sure it's on there. Okay, I'm checking because if it is, I'm gonna. I'm gonna be wouldn't elated. That, wouldn't that be hilarious if it's not on there? And I, right after I okay. said this. Uh- <laughs> And I'm going to let you know a secret. There's more than eight issues of Saint Anne. <laughs> no, that's the whole series. That's the yeah, whole series. Everything Anne. after that is irrelevant. Dallas, don't need to read it. I was so ready to be strong. And now I'm buying three more omnibuses. Well. <laughs> oh, this is the best day of my life. This is beautiful. Ruined his life. That's it. End okay. of the episode. But to be fair, those weren't there a couple months ago, so give it a few more months, and who knows what's going to show up. So, regardless, 
the important <laughs> issues are there. Issue number eight, one of my favorite comics of all time. I'm so excited to talk about that with you. Perfect. I'm excited too. So it turns out I am going to be buying those physically, but I am going to make <laughs> a concentrated effort to read more stuff digitally through the streaming services that I pay for that I use this much. So exactly. Exactly. So Plus does use them. I haven't used a comiXology sale in over a year. These streaming services have been a lifesaver. That rules. Right. Should we do some questions? Yes. Let's yeah. Do some. All right. Where's Glenn? All right. He is He is in here. Of course he is. Um, Come on. He's our number one fan. He needs a t-shirt. Let's send him one. Number right. one comic he fan. He would love that. He would. You you get to be on that. All right. So, okay. from Alfred LaFole. Did you all read Superman and the Authority? Yes. <laughs> it how is good. Times, how many times do we do this before we accidentally answer the questions before we even In the actual. Yeah. We're just... Ahead of the game. Ahead of the game. Big brain. Big brain. Big brain time. And I talked a lot about Superman and the Authority. What do you think of Superman and the Authority? I'm loving Superman and the Authority. <laughs> Did you see my tweet the other day talking about their fate, their upcoming fate, fate in action comics? Because I'm not happy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because action comics is already threatening to kill off some of them. And I'm like, no, you can't do that. This is a diverse team full of women, POC characters, and... um. Queer characters, you can't kill any of them. You can kill Manchester Black, and that's it. <laughs> you can kill Grant you Morrison, just... <laughs> is what she just said. <laughs> I just pushed Manchester Black out. Take him, not anyone else. Also, <laughs> another fun view of it is that Manchester Black is Mark Millar, and I am entirely okay killing Mark Millar in, in a Superman comic. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, but speaking of Manchester Black, I am actually really excited by this series because Manchester Black is one of my favorite Superman villains ever. Action Comics 775 is one of my favorite issues, if not, like, the favorite issue of all time. It's, like, my holy grail comic that I need to possess someday, with, even though it's exorbitant <laughs> to, to buy it. I need it one day. And I, whenever they use him in comics since then, it's just... It's never really clicked with me. I liked his little appearance in um, the Superman Rebirth series where he was trying to win over um, John Ken. But he just hasn't clicked with me since then. But when I saw that Grant Morrison was going to be writing him, I'm like, okay, Grant Grant knows what they're doing. We can do this. Mm -hmm. And so far it hasn't Sometimes. let me down. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> and I'm really interested to see because there's only one issue left, which is such a bummer. I'm really interested to see what note we end on between those two. Because the conversation they have in that first issue is my favorite moment that you have shared ever, possibly. I really liked it. Yeah, I, I'm very excited. When issue four comes out, I'm going to read them all together. Because mm -hmm. Superman and the Authority is a script that Grant has had done for a very long time. That has just been retooled a little bit to fit into the current Superman stuff. Yeah. Which is... And so. I actually wanted to ask you, because speaking of current Superman stuff, where does this story fit in? Because there's stuff in the first issue, timeline-wise, that feels weird to me. And this Superman is definitely, this is like Dilf Superman. And like he's very different than the Superman who's currently in Action Comics. But this team is going to be with that Superman. So like, do we know what's going on there? Or it's like, is this Superman from the future assembling this team or what? I basically think that this was a story that Grant Morrison had a complete script for mm -hmm. and wanted to release as sort of their coda on superheroes. 
their big right. finale for superheroes was Green Lantern, right? Like this is mm-hmm. the last stuff I have to say about superheroes. And now this is their last little love letter of like, here you go. This is me going out away until someone writes me a massive check and then I'll come back. <laughs> but I think mean, that's the reality. Yeah. But I think it falls on Philip Kennedy Johnson to work this book into their continuity is a little bit how it feels for me. So I honestly, I think I'll be learning with you as, as they show up in action comics, how it's going to work out. Okay. We will see. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Superman books have been good for the last little bit. Good. And it feels good. I love Superman. <laughs> Superman is the coolest Superman. thing humans. He is Superman. He's the coolest thing we came up with in the 20th yeah. century. I'll throw that out there. What? Our two big things that we invented then were the nuclear bomb and Superman. One of <laughs> those is very cool, and one of them is not very cool. <laughs> we'll let you decide. We'll let you decide for yourself, dear listener. Dear listener. Also, we'll yeah, the, the internet. The internet doesn't count. The, <laughs> the internet. Going to the there moon. That's that's nothing. There were two major inventions. <laughs> All right. This is from Jay Gomez. They say, hello, great pod collective. Thank you. Uh Question for you all. How do you feel the use of Midnighter to explore the superhero archetype compares or contrasts to some other variants like Owlman, Squadron Supreme, or Sinister Nighthawk, Astro City's Confessor, etc.? Obviously, Midnighter has a particular angle, but how... What are, but what are the aspects of that? Side note, unrelated, but podcast relevant question. What do you think there's more of in the Marvel universe? Cosmic space swarms or cosmic space blondes? Anyway, thanks for the great oral content. Blondes. I wish, Um, I wish the answer was blondes. I wish there were cosmic swarms of Marvel blondes, but unfortunately, (laughs) it'd be, right? Forget the giant space chicken. Let's just get more cosmic blondes. (laughs) So space blondes. I do think there are more hordes between the annihilation and the brood. Can you imagine a whole brood of space blondes? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like I imagine that every night before bed, dummy. <laughs> That's <laughs> somewhere between my nightmare and my best dream. <laughs> it's a fever dream. That's what it is. It's a fever dream. Not good, not bad. <laughs> but as for like how Midnighter stacks up to like because Obviously, they're referring to the fact that there's so many, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Analogies for Batman. There's so many analogs out there. How does Midnighter stack up against the rest of them? Like, Like, what does Midnighter say that others don't? (laughs) Did you just say he stacks up because you like him? Yep. (laughs) That means something. Lexi Stamp. Yeah. It's like, imagine a Batman I liked. (laughs) And bingo. Batman's. Fine. <laughs> it's an interesting question because I think a lot of times the Batman analogs don't really say anything. I think they just exist to be the analog. Like Alman, I don't think it's a commentary on Batman so much as like, hey, this is Batman, but bad. Because yeah. he has to be. It's not because of any like decisions he made. It's just because the Earth he was born on. It's the bad Earth, so he's the bad guy. It's... And I know like... Batman's analog in the boys is really hard to describe. It's like 
saying anything about Batman because he's more of a the, that character's so weird and complex. I'm not sure if anyone's been spoiled of what his identity is yet, but it's um, something. So I feel like Midnighter's the only one who says anything with any sort of point, I think. I would agree. I think he's the one that adds something to the conversation. Mm-hmm. I think he... I think a lot of those analogs say, wouldn't it be cool if Batman was a little more edgy? And I think that Midnighter is like, here's a Batman's a little bit more edgy. Isn't it cool that he's good on the inside? Yeah. Yeah. That's a very interesting way to look at it. I think during the authority, he definitely made a point because like you said, but the whole team was the point there and his role on the team. That was the interesting part to me. I'm not sure if he still makes that same point though. And I'm, since Dallas got up and left, I'm not sure if he can <laughs> agree or not. Since he's the only <laughs> other one who's read the authority, he just got up. He's like, "Okay, Shit, yep. I'm out. He quit. Bad take. Goodbye. Bad take. I'm gone." Yeah, he's like, oh, "I'm out." Oh, he's back. He a, came back. You ever had a take so bad? Dallas just runs from it. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> you are still muted, Dallas. My wife forgot her keys. <laughs> Oh, she said, let me in. <laughs> no, it was like, trust. I trusted uh-huh. that what you had to say was good. And I, well, I was hoping to get a little off over. you, but it it's too fine. spicy of a take. It's a too spicy. It's a spicy meatball. He's <laughs> been okay. living in New York too long. He joined the mafia. What? <laughs> What's <Probably>. up next? <laughs> mafia boss Atlas? Mop boss Atlas. That'd be so funny. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. All right. Glenn Machette says, Oh. Hello to some of the best people on the internet. Uh, oh. he, wrote, he wrote the wrong podcast. That is a tall <laughs> order, kid. Um, so this is very similar to what we just talked about, but there are many pseudo-Batman-like characters. What is it about Midnighter you think people gravitate towards? Uh, also, I think a Midnighter show or movie with the same tone as Gun Suicide Squad would be great. What do you think? That's actually that's actually a really interesting point because Gun mm-hmm. definitely has a flair for like um over the top and gruesome. And I'm not sure if you felt, but like I felt watching Suicide Squad. This man, this is a man that missed Slither. He really missed making people's skin crawl. He's like, I can't do this with Guardians, but now. I'm going to make people skin crawl. Like, everything, the, the rats eating their way through an eyeball. Okay. I'm okay. But Oh, yo, yeah. the eyeball scene, I was like, ha. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. No, thanks. Yeah, I think that's about, that feels like the right tone. That, or maybe like um, uh, a Kingsman tone. That would be really good, too. I'm I think, a, I honestly think a Midnighter HBO series would mm-hmm. be massive. Ooh. People would love that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But thank goodness we're getting Peacekeeper, right? (laughs) Thank God. Oh, pain. Okay. (laughs) All I feel uh, is pain. Unironically, going off Glenn's point, it's like, what do you think draws people to Midnighter over, like, other Batman analogs? I was laughing because, like, it was the first thing to pop into my head, but I also realized it's probably a pretty legitimate answer and just, like, gay. (laughs) Just he's mm-hmm. gay mm-hmm. and i think that's a big drawing point for a lot of people it's just like <laughs> people joke about the batman superman relationship and this is a play on that and people want to see like okay 
for real though, what would this be like? And I know that's when I started reading Stormwatch, that was the thing that most excited me about it. And I was like, okay, I want to read more about them. I want to see what this relationship is like. Cause it's, it's mm-hmm. interesting. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, I also think just like riffing on that a little bit, I think Midnighter represents a representation of gay masculinity that doesn't come up a lot in comics. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think media is working really hard on being more representative, right? But sometimes these characters can become a little one note and archetypal. Like you're allowed to be one kind of gay man. You're allowed to be one kind of lesbian. You know what I mean? And I think Midnighter is so not that, but mm-hmm. is still very much a gay man. And I yeah. think that's really refreshing and fun to interact with. Exactly. And it's like, no, oh, he, it's not, he he's gay, but he's also a badass. It's like, he's a gay badass, mm-hmm. you know? Like, that's the whole statement. It's like, this is yeah. the baddest mother effer you're going to interact with <laughs> all week. He also goes home to Superman. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's cool. It's fun. He... He's a kind of representation that almost like slipped past the great and then became popular enough it got to stay existing. Right. I'm so glad you brought that up because like it kind of goes back to what you were saying. It's like you have this really badass character. It's like, hey, this is everything you have wanted. Like all the people, like they miss their extreme comics, their over-the-top comics. Like, hey, this is everything you want. You just have to be okay with the fact that he's gay. Just, yeah. That's it. It's like, and he doesn't act like a stereotypical gay person. He's allowed to be masculine, and that's that's mm-hmm. good because we don't see that enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I. This is very I real. Very he real. is. He's a real person, and he's a cool person. Like I, plenty of my gay friends are very masculine men. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes I'll be watching movies, and they're like, "Oh, all right, here's the fashion montage again." That's not how <laughs> I am at all. But sure, yep. There's the gay friend. You know what I mean? And I think Midnighter speaks to that demographic a little bit. That is cool. Also, he's just a badass dude. I like Midnighter. (laughs) There's always going to be an audience in comics for people that just want to see violence. That just want to see heroes break loose and go John Wick on everyone. There's always going to be a demographic for that. So He is the John Wick Batman. And I think that's what people come for. They don't come because they're like, I want a really intellectual take on what a Batman who kills would be like. They come because it's like, I want to see a guy kill people. And then they stay because they're like, oh, this is actually really fascinating. I like thinking about this a little bit. So, Yeah, I mean, I feel like this book almost is the Superman son of Kal-El with teeth. You know how they had the conversation yeah. where it's like, this is going to be the book where Superman takes on corporations. And I was like, I just saw Midnighter take on a corporation. And let me tell you, <laughs> John Kent, I think he had a point. John, John Kent, you got to step up. Or it's like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like, do better. If you guys make a phone call, the world will be better. Midnighter's like, I'll kill you if you don't make the world better. <laughs> Bring it on. Like, I don't know, Sam. I think Midnighter might have a point. He might have a point. He actually has two pointies in his hand. He's going to wreck your day. (laughs) Also, his costume is so cool. I love... I love that Kim Kardashian went as Midnighter to the Met Gala this year. Stop it! Oh my gosh. I am so upset. (laughs) 
did I not like need that to outfit. bring that up over the air. I like I that did, outfit. I, I just minimized the, si- the Skype call. I can't look at you right now. I'll put you in the corner. <laughs> You're in the corner of my computer I'm screen. Upset. <sighs> this Met Gala was a disaster. All right. So here is a question from Simon. Um, they Ooh. say, who is a comic book character that you love but don't really talk about too much? See, that's the thing, Simon. I don't ever shut the hell up. <laughs> he talks that's a, too much about the character. It's like, haha, you assume that I ever stop. It's, I haven't. Mm, everyone else go first. <laughs> you, this is the bullshit. bullshit. <laughs> Lexi, you go first. Ah! Okay. <laughs> um, I will say my very first character that I like attached to while filming this podcast was uh, Kate Pride from um, Marauders. Yes, from Marauders. And I, I don't know. I just very much liked the dynamic of her being a total badass just because she wanted to be and not because anybody else put her in that box because I feel like she was put in a box for a very long time. Yeah. And I just the like... Box, the box was called Joss Whedon's Girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, gross. You're, you're going back in the corner. <laughs> I think you speak, you speak the truth, but I don't care. Can I mute him? I can probably mute him. <laughs> <laughs> when you figure it out, let me know. No, <gasps> I, oh, oh, I can. <laughs> <laughs> I won't, but I can. Oh, funny. But no, I really like Kate. Um. I liked watching her character develop with Marauders and her come out of her shell, I feel like, and take on the role of being a bigger badass. So, and those cops agree. <laughs> oh, cops in New York. There must be a super criminal doing Where something. is Spider-Man? <laughs> I just saw him swing by. <laughs> Stella, Stella just fell out the window. <laughs> oh. This is one of those questions where it's like, what characters do you really like that you don't talk about a lot? It's like, I don't have the time. <laughs> there are so many characters in comics. This is the reason why I don't have like a top 10, because no matter who I put in it, I know in my heart I'm going to be leaving someone out that I won't forget myself for. There are just so <laughs> many characters in comics that I love. That's why I have my top two and then Superman and then everyone else is like tied for third place. Wonderful. Everyone else is wonderful. Everyone else is wonderful. They, every, they get a wonderful, but I, those characters I always think about when we come here, like I think about Kate Spencer's Manhunter, who's really cool. She's such an underrated gem. I think about Hazmat because I love Hazmat Ooh, so much. All the, like... all the Avengers Academy kids, God bless them. It's so sad what happened to them. Rest in peace, Metal. I miss you. Wait, wait, wait. Who did you say was your number two? I, I have like, okay. I have a split, I like, right? Aquaman I and Captain Marvel cannot both fit in number one. Yes, they can. No. <laughs> They're number one from their respective universes, and they don't have to compete with each other. They okay, sit fine. comfortably in those spots. <laughs> there's two tiers of number one. There's two tiers of and number one. Down. And then there's a number two in DC, and that's Superman. And then everyone's tied for third in DC, and everyone else is tied for second in Marvel. That's, ah. how, that's how my rankings go, and it makes sense to do it like that. You can't tell me otherwise. <laughs> Gotcha. Okay, Dallas, you've had like half an hour now. Who's your yes. character? I don't even like superheroes. Bunch of fucking nerds. <laughs> Howie. 
cops drive by and he decides to cop out. Oh, oh, yes. Um, my answer is probably Thor. Honestly, Ooh. like I love, like Walt Simonson's Thor run is amazing. Jason Aaron's run is amazing. Thor Ragnarok's my favorite MCU movie. Like, there's just something about that big old himbo that I love. <laughs> I love I, the big blonde guy, and I don't talk about it very much. I don't feel like it comes up. I just like, just vibing. Dallas likes the big himbo. I wonder what that says. Mm. Hmm. You know, sure. there's something about liking the characters you see yourself in, but I don't know. I'm not a psychologist. I can't say. Yeah, who knows? One of us likes space blondes. One of us likes space blondes that speaks power, that speaks truth that to speaks power. power. <laughs> one of us likes the spunky one that is a little bit younger than everybody else, but chooses to be a badass and not fit in the box people make for her. And one of us likes the big one. Hmm. The Strange. That's so Strange. weird that we all like it that way. Um, and weirdly enough, I don't feel like I talk about Daredevil very much when like I love Daredevil. Like that's my dude right there. But I don't know, I'm too busy talking about Spider-Man and Batman to ever talk about anything else. I'm a basic white male. What do you what do you want from me? <laughs> Checks the demographic. Checks the demographic. I think I don't know. Most of the things I feel like I'm trying to champion other people to read are like indie comics most of the time. I'm like, read Black Sad, everyone. Read this. Read it right now. And no one listens to me. So then I go back to Spider-Man good. Midnight good. (laughs) I wish that the Comixology Unlimited had access to as much stuff as the Marvel and DC streaming services had. Because I would have been, I would have read so many indie comics by now. So many. I think that's my big thing with indies is they're just not as accessible to me because you have to pay for most of them still. That is true. So whenever I'm like talking about Cape shit all the time, I feel bad. It's like, I, this is just what's free. You know, this is just what I have. I hey, like Cape shit, but do you want to know what is included on comiXology? Lumberjanes. Bunch of Tilly Walden books. <laughs> you can finally read the person. She's one of the youngest Eisner winners ever. At 22, won an Eisner. Okay, give me a title. Just look up Tilly Walden and pick whichever one looks interesting. Okay, well, the first one is just Awesome Possum, and it's not available. (laughs) Okay, well, try a little harder. You can do it. I believe in you. (laughs) Nope, nope. I read the first thing. It's not available. I I give up. Wrong. It's too hard. Okay, I will find something. There's some good stuff here. Yeah. Oh, look. There are three right there. I love this part, the city inside, and the end of summer. Yeah, whichever one you want. I will pick one. Go ahead. They're very good. There's your homework. You gave me homework. I give you homework. That's how it works. This Perfectly is, this balanced. Is a partnership is about. It's about give and take. I better I better sure as hell not get any homework, because I barely keep up with the normal work anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I've had midnight or this morning. <laughs> If you're a trooper and we started it. Love that for you. <laughs> All right. Go for Final email question. And then we'll do our top 10 and get the heck out of here. This is Glenn question number two. He says, 
Dream, Marvel, DC team-ups, and their creative teams. It's like a DC character teamed up with a Marvel character and who you yeah. want the creative and team to be. To, then we have to team them with a real person? This is so much. This is brutal. Okay. Wonder Woman, you... Valkyrie, and myself, because I like both of them. <laughs> I would read it. I would read it. I who like... do you want to do the art? You don't have to know their name, but you can reference a book we've read. I really liked the art. Oh, Anne wants to color the pictures? Okay, Anne can color the pictures. It's going to be so great. It's going to look like a three-year-old did it. Yes. Uh, that tracks. Actually, that's going to track pretty pretty with the story. So, But no, I really liked the art in Valkyrie when I read it for our book club a while ago. So I feel like that'd be really fun. Jane, my foster Valkyrie. I like it. That's a I good choice. I think that's also another character that I don't talk about a lot that I really, really liked. I think that you was should... my favorite run. You should run, read When She Was Thor. You would adore I it. I want to really bad. We can do that for the podcast literally whenever you want. It's one of my favorite runs I of all time. I like comics, okay? I have to think about it really hard. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> all right. Hey, punks, I don't know if you know this. I have a gigantic list at the bottom of our shared note where I write down all the stuff you say oh. you want to read. If you're ever yeah. like, oh, what should I read next? I've been writing it down under podcast ideas for like I a month. Oh. oh my gosh. Oh. And I've got the schedule of what's coming up. Okay, I do read that. I just look yeah. in September. I haven't scrolled all the way down. Look, podcast ideas. Right there. Why do you see that now? We already read Jimmy Olsen. We did it for Eisner things, but I would be okay to talk more oh. about that book because it rules. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So mine, I'm going to go so basic. <laughs> it's just so, it's just the first thing that popped in my head. I want to do Hal Jordan and Carol Danvers with Kelly Thompson writing. I want to see that relationship. These are two characters that share so much together. I just want to see two pilots in space talking about all good pilot shit. So, yeah. I like it a lot. I would like... Sinestro and Matt Murdock to team up uh, for a, like a, a grounded for a grounded story. I don't I don't know why Sinestro is there, but he's trying to recruit Matt Murdock to the Yellow Lantern Corps, and I want I mean Chip Zdarsky is doing a really good job at Daredevil right now, so. I'm going to say, go ahead, Chip Zdarsky. Keep writing that. And I want Doc Shainer to draw it. Nice. I like that. I want to go back, because I've done a couple of these on Twitter where I'm like, pitch me a, a DC character, and I'll tell you a Marvel character I'd like to see in a, a series with them, or give me two and I pitch a series. I remember I had one that was Sinestro and Danny Moonstar, because I remember that um, Danny could cool. make, like, you know, her powers like illusion and making people see what they fear. So I thought that would mm -hmm. be really interesting. I also wrote a short story about Miss um, Marvel and Mary Marvel together. Ooh. Was, I like that, that one fun. a lot. That would be fun. I like that. Yeah, basically, I want to see Matt wrestle with using a yellow lantern ring for good because he is a very fear based character. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. Could that would be interesting. I like that. <laughs> All right. Should we do our top 10 list? Yes. I like this. Tests. 
You tell us what weekly books you're going to be reading this week. I don't know what comes out this week. I love it. <laughs> okay, Dallas, you get to go first. Good. Uh, my first pick is... Drumroll, please. Batman, the Detective, number five. This is a miniseries by Tom Taylor and Andy Kubert. I always get the Kuberts mixed up, but I'm pretty sure it's Andy Kubert. About beefy Dilf Batman <laughs> just beating the shit out of people in England. It's all you could ever want. It's beautiful. If you were a fan of Morrison's time on Batman and the whole like Batman Inc. stuff, this is a spiritual successor to all of that. And it's been really fun so far. I'm actually glad to hear you say that. I haven't heard anyone talk about this comic since it came out. So I'm glad I've that someone's still it. following it. Yeah, I love it. I normally i skip it during my weekly like review polls because i'm like i'm just so over batman right now it's like i'll come back to it in a couple months when i'm not angry anymore word but um my first pick i'm gonna go with supergirl woman of tomorrow number four because as i was saying earlier this is an amazing book if you're not <clears throat> the um tom king isms are still there it's very over the top but it's so great because i in my first review for issue number one i described it as Tom King figured out the perfect way to make this fit. He went to a world full of people who talk like Tom King and said, this is our main character. So yeah, everything kind of makes sense. It's a very poetic book. And the first three issues have blown me away. I can't really say anything about this issue, but I've already read it. And I think people need to be checking this series out and stay tuned for my review sometime this week. Very exciting. Um, all right. I think everyone should skip Amazing Spider-Man number 74 and go right into <laughs> X-Men number three, baby. I have really, really liked the relaunch of adjectiveless X-Men under Jerry Dugan. I yeah. know that might get me lit on fire. I don't know. It's Pepe Larraz on art. It's beautiful. And it's the X-Men being superheroes in a big bombastic way. I like it. I think it's fun. Yeah. I think Jerry Duggan took all of the energy he had for Marauders and put it over into X-Men and left Marauders with a death rattle over there doing who knows what. But X-Men is very good, and I think you should be reading it. You want to know what I think? <clears throat> I think it's become very obvious by this point in the solicitations. I think all the X titles so far are being canceled, and I think we're getting an entire line-wide re relaunch. I think oh, that's what's going to happen next week. Yeah. 100%. I, if anyone doubts at this point, we're losing Marauders. Excalibur sounds like it's ending too. Hellions is reaching its planned conclusion. It's just, it's going to happen. And fingers crossed we enter next year in a world where Wolverine's solo book doesn't exist anymore. So, you know, just here's hoping. Good luck with that. <laughs> Shut up. Um, my second pick, I'm going to go with the book I'm most excited for, the book I've been most excited for since February this year. Actually, wait, no, I was really hyped for the pride special most hype books since the pride special and it's a character from the pride special Aquaman the becoming number one if you haven't read future state Aquaman, this is from the same writer and this this man understands jackson hyde so well and does him such great justice he does such great justice to the aqua family and you are going to want to check this one out this is going to be jackson hyde coming into his own starting his steps to becoming aquaman i don't know if he'll be officially aquaman by the end of the series but God damn, I hope he is, because he deserves it. This is 
going to be a phenomenal book. Everyone needs to check it out. I thought about stealing it out from under you, but then I decided not to. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been so mad. Uh, have you read Excellence by the writer? Yes, I've read I've read a little bit. I haven't read the whole thing yet, but it's phenomenal. Brandon Thomas is just, he's blowing my mind. I'm surprised he's not everywhere yet. He's just phenomenal. He definitely is a very, very good writer that deserves a little bit more love. Um, all right. My next pick is going to be Once in Future, number 20. Kieran Gillen does dark fantasy, critiques of Brexit. It's all very good. If you like Kieran Gillen books and you aren't reading Once in Future, you're missing out. If you like Arthurian legend, don't know who Kieran Gillen is, read it. You're missing out. If you have opinions about Brexit and the state of England, <laughs> read this book. It works on a lot of levels, and Dan Mora's art is beautiful like i love this book you don't even have to be british to like it just you don't it. even have to be british okay i like the, i'm looking at the cover i'm like is that ultron <laughs> it's like i haven't read this book in a couple arcs i need to get back into it um next pick i'm gonna go with gamma flight number four this mini is so great you get a representation for marvel's only transgender character out right now which is so cool um, and also, she's not in the hands of freaking Joe Bennett anymore, so wicked cool to boot. And it's being written by um, Crystal Frazier, who is doing a very, very great job, and I'm loving this book a lot. So make sure you check that out, especially if you're a fan of the Immortal Hulk stuff. This is a not-miss not title. Word to that. All right, you ready for the hot take incoming? I think oh, everybody wow. should be picking up Fantastic Four number 36. What?! Dan Slott, Fantastic Four. I like this book. I think it's great. I read the 60-year anniversary issue last week when it came out. It would have been my pick of the week. I didn't put it on the list because I was like, I don't want to be lit on fire for telling people to read this book. But it's really... I feel like Dan Slott loves the Fantastic Four. And I think he loves the Silver Age Fantastic Four and all of the character drama... He obviously has a something to do for each character. Mm -hmm. I just think it's fun. And I want to see what the heck is going on with Johnny Storm. So I think people should be picking up this Fantastic Four book. Okay, damn, good enough, fair enough. Yeah. <sighs> Don't listen to the Twitter hate. I like this book. <laughs> Dan Slack gets a lot of Twitter hate that controversial opinion. I don't think he always deserves it. Like he keeps blocking people. It's like, yeah, it's because you keep calling him names. Oh, people get on there like, you're a worthless piece of shit that can't write. He blocked me. I can't believe it. I'm like, I would too. Yeah. Oh, okay. I almost recommended the um the Red Sonia book because I'm just staring at the cover. I'm, you know, I'm gay. <laughs> I have needs. <laughs> but honestly, next up, I'm going to go with, um, I have to give a shout out to one of these. Um, you give a shout out to one of them. Tom Taylor has three books coming out this week. I'm going to say go ahead and check out Superman Son of Kal-El number three. I think the series is off to a great start. And I'm really excited to see where it goes. So John's actually doing a pretty good job. Still bummed that he gets to call himself Superman before Kara gets to call herself Superwoman. But hey, it's whatever. <laughs> check the yeah. series out. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I reading the 1960s. Um, Fantastic Four right now Sue being Invisible yeah. Girl and I just read an issue where they were like 
even though you're very useless, sometimes it just really boosts our morale to have a pretty girl come on adventures. I was like, I just became 800 years old reading that. <laughs> oh. like, no, thank you. I'm okay. Yeah. Ugh. All right. I think everybody should also read dun, 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 X-Men Onslaught Revelation number one. I, much like we talk about Brandon Thomas a little higher up, I think Cy Spurrier is one of the best writers in comics mm -hmm. that just happens to be working around the edges of things. And so people, I don't think they like, have caught on to how talented he is yet. Like his Hellblazer series was amazing. Way of X has been my favorite thing to come out of the X-Men and Reign of X. And this is the conclusion to that. And I think if you are looking forward to Inferno, which... We are, obviously. We're looking forward to Inferno. I think that Onslaught Revelation is very much going to play into that. So make sure to pick up X-Men Onslaught Revelation this week. Nice. And for my final one, I'm going to go ahead and give a shout out to... I can't believe I'm doing this. I can't believe I'm doing this over any of the indie books. But I'm giving a shout out to a Bat book. Uh. Oh, give, me, give me a second. Give me a second. Whew. Okay, give me a shout out to a bat book. Check out the Secret Files Miracle Molly number one title because holy shit, I need more women from DC. And if it has to be from the Batman corner of the universe, so fucking be it. Just please go check out this book. Miracle Molly seems like a very, very interesting character. And I would like to I would like to see more from her. So go support that. I can dig. I can dig. All right. Everybody, that was your 10 comics you should be reading this week from the Comics Collective. I think that is a wrap. Yeah. I think that that's all good. That's all we've got, right? Mm -hmm. Anyone have any final thoughts about Midnighter or um, anything else no. before we go into the end? No, I, I feel good. good about it. <laughs> Alexa's like, let me go. Let no. Me go. Please, please no. go. Release me from this prison. Like I don't like you guys talking about everything that we need to read. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to deal with this. Oh boy, you don't have to read them, Lexi. It's okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. Well, everyone, if you like the show and want to hear more from us throughout the week, please go follow our Twitter account at CMX Collective, or you can find each of us at at Dallas underscore comics, at Ann comics, and at Lexi Taylor underscore one, two, three. Boy picked. All right. If you enjoyed the show and want to show your support, please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening and give us a five-star review and we will read it off on the show. Like these lovely folks. First from <gasps> Eduardo Likes Things, five stars, really good podcast. Definitely one of the best podcasts to put on your list. They cover a wide range of comics and get you excited to read them and make your wallet cry. They also <laughs> articulate their opinions very well, so you know what you're getting into. And their personalities are great. And that's all I have. Plus Ultra. Oh, Thank you very thank much. You, all right. And from me. I left this a five-star review. I say... <laughs> I say a note to Anne and Alexis. Anne, you are an incredible addition to the show. Your Aww. love for comics and your desire to make them a more loving and inclusive medium shine through not only in your picks, but how you approach each comic brought on the show. 
Alexis, you say that you are new to comics all the time, but you cut to the core of what makes them great all the time. Your sass and spunk have elevated the show to new heights since the relaunch. You're both amazing. Five stars. Oh, don't mind me to go and cry. I'm, I'm going to cry. <laughs> now i got to think of something nice to say about you. God damn it. I'll think nope. of it. Surprise. I'm sending, I'm sending you a nice tweet later. <laughs> Dear Skippy. <laughs> Dear Skippy, read something that isn't comics. Send. <laughs> Go, go a week without Grant Morrison challenge. Oh. <laughs> oh, and it's my line next. I just got I got carried away. I'm thinking of like all the praise and I can't even do my job. <laughs> and finally, feel free to email us with your questions or comments at the comics collective at gmail.com. So we will all see you guys next week with our episode on the continuation of our bit of saga, right, everyone? Yep. So we'll saga. be reading volumes four through six? Yes. Correct. Right? Okay, everyone. So y'all better get hype and you better read and catch up because me and Anne will be doing that as well. So <laughs> you all next be fresher. Refresh. And fun. then that's that's the last episode before spooky month. Spooky. Then we go <gasps> spooky. Wait. Side note, does anybody have any Halloween costumes planned? Be honest. Oh, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I'm got, I got invited to a murder mystery party for <gasps> Halloween, though. I've always fun. wanted to go to one. I got, just got invited. I hope so. you get murdered first. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. How fun with that? How funny. Like, you've wanted to go for so long, and you're the first one murdered. I think that'd be so funny. I'd be so sad. <sighs> But no, I'm just excited because I'm going to dress my dog up like Dobby the Elf because she looks like him. So, <laughs> And I'm going to dress up as a Harry Potter character. I need to post a picture of her on Twitter because everybody probably wonders what she looks like. But she definitely looks like Dobby yes. the Elf. Please. Do her it. Hair's for her head. I've been thinking I might go as the 13th Doctor. I've been trying Ooh. to do that. You do that look a lot actually, like her. That'd be cool. Thank you. That would I, I think that's one I can pull off. I'm I'm at a place where it's like I can pull that one off. Fun fact, that was actually one of the I've cosplayed three doctors before and I cosplayed her before. I have a picture of me before I even transitioned where I cosplayed the thirteenth doctor's like reveal costume where she just had like the gray coat on. That was how I went to like be the sound person at one of my brother's high school concerts. So way cool. That was, yeah. Very cool. It's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's the Comics Collective, ladies and gentlemen, and all those who choose to listen. We love you. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. See ya.